Good morning. It is Monday, July 18th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Okay, since we last talked, the White House did take steps to avert a strike by the nation's rail workers. President Biden wrapped up a Middle East trip. More rains fell across the Corn Belt, although some areas of the belt remained too dry, and some of that rain did come with some severe storms. But now the entire country, the entire country, is expected to see above-normal temperatures for at least the next 10 days. That's going to test the crop, and much more importantly, it's going to test the energy system out there. And the Cubs, the Cubs won a game. And yes, I mean, they won a game. It's been 10 years, Jim, since I needed an all-star break this much. Jim Wiesmeyer, <laughs> Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Well, usually on the days that the Nationals uh, don't lose is when they don't play. But we finally <laughs> won one in 10 uh, yesterday. And now yeah, it looks like they want to trade Juan Soto. So I, it just goes from bad to worse. It had been since July 6th since the Cubs had won a game. It's probably almost that bad for the Nationals. Yeah. It's just been... Well, it really hurts when the Orioles won 10 in a row. Well, so, yeah. You know. Yeah. And there's uh, there are teams out there that are on big winning streaks right now. And, and it's, uh, it's a crazy season. No question about that. That is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday morning. Just a reminder to everyone, good morning, Melody, um, that if you want to participate in the conversation, there is a comments tab someplace on your screen. Click on that, and Jim and I will be sure to try to get to your questions, comments, as as, as we spend the next half hour together. Uh, okay, a couple of things just right off the bat. Number one, the House and the Senate are both in session this week. I know that's going to keep you very busy. But I want to go to something from last week, Jim, and, and get your take on what it might mean or if it changes your outlook for the midterm elections. And that's that inflation number because it's, it is it is clearly the administration's top priority now. I At least I hope it is. Uh, it's running hotter than expected, up 9.1% year on year in June. What kind of an impact is that going to have? Oh, it's going to have a continuing impact. That That's issue number one to Americans, whether they vote or not, and they should vote November the 8th. Uh, it looks like the next inflation report uh, in August for the month of July will come down a bit, uh, maybe into the 8.5% area, but that's still, uh, you know, very high, Chip. Yeah, and that'll be in part because of gas prices, which is fantastic. I don't know what the core is going to do, the core CPI that excludes food and, and energy, because, you know, when when the when the inflation rate is running hotter than expected, they like to focus on that core because it's small. It, it you know it's it's not as much of an increase year on year as what overall inflation is. So if they focus on that core rate again for July, I I, I don't see where we're going to lose much acceleration in the inflation rate. No, we probably won't. And you know, my father was in the energy business and. What people don't understand, including the White House, is, you know, gasoline stations buy uh, their product at X price, and yeah. it was really high, as you well know. And it takes a while to work off 
that inventory of yep. high-priced gasoline. So that's why you have a lag, Chip, both ways, when they're going yeah. up and when they're going down. And I, I mean, just yeah, that's business 101, but you're not seeing it in this town. Right, right. Um, I want to talk another energy issue very quickly because I know that it's something that you are going to be working on in the days, weeks ahead. And it's that potential uh, California Air Resource Board change and basically what they're thinking of doing, I, as I understand it, is removing some of the incentives to use food grade oil for fuel production, correct? Yes, absolutely. And there's analysis all over the map as far as the implications of that, either uh, decreasing the utilization of you know soybean oil to increasing chip. But it is something we continue to monitor. And it shows the sensitivity of energy policy, especially as it impacts the ag-related biofuels, when you have these uh, major events going on, not only in the U.S., but around the world. Right. Uh, the initial analysis that you've included with some of your reporting on this is that it, it, it most likely isn't going to have a major impact on total demand for soybean oil. Absolutely. Now, we've requested a comment from the American Soybean Association. We have not yet received one. Okay. Now, the reason that I stress that and the reason that I'm as concerned about it as I am is I'm thinking about the billions of dollars that have been invested in the U.S. crush industry that's going to bring on another, what, 600 million bushels of crush capacity here over the next three, four years? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And it looks like, uh, you know, with the, um, you know, Senator Manchin, the centrist, you know, Democrat from West Virginia saying no for now yeah. uh, relative to the energy related uh, you know, budget reconciliation. Uh, uh, it looks like the at the state level, they're going to have to go the way of the sustainable aviation fuel. And that's what that that's where it started anyway in in California, Chip. Okay. So we had a lot of no's last week and over the weekend. Uh, President Biden at least didn't get a yes from Saudi Arabia to boost production. I think we're, we're going to see some, uh, you know, pick up in August at the OPEC meeting. Uh, but Jim, that's not why he was there. He was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, the and then uh, Janet Yellen got a no uh, from the G20 relative to capping Russia uh, oil. Now I want to get into something that is sensitive, Chip, from a foreign policy perspective. You had various commodity groups in town here last week, and I was yeah. surprised that not all the producers attending those grassroots meetings on Capitol Hill, but some of the higher-ups uh, in both the corn and soybean uh, groups uh, pushed uh, or did not push some things that uh, raised my eyebrows, and they're thick. Okay. Uh, the corn growers kind of bow-wowed and said they, they just weren't going to push for more money in a new farm bill because they were told the, the money is not there. I can't think of the last time 
you know, farm groups ever did not push for more money. So that's, right. that's an oddity. And on the soybean side, some of the leadership is saying, well, you know, they're not quite sure about going the way of margin protection in farm policy. So I don't know what's going on at the farm groups, but this is, again, why I like to talk to the actual growers rather than yeah. some of the leadership. You know, that margin protection on the dairy side of things, Jim, uh, I get that. I, I think it's a, a, a program and a concept and a, a process that can work for livestock, uh, can work for cattle, can work for hogs. I'm not so sure about on row crop. And th here's why. Here's why. If we do that, doesn't it just become an income transfer from the government program to the input suppliers? Because the input suppliers will push those prices up right to the edge, knowing that, well, the government's going to get a, or the, the producer's going to get a margin payment anyway. So that'll just pay for next year's inputs. That's why GT Thompson wants to try it out as a pilot project. So right. Maybe if that does indeed happen. So I'd say, uh, okay, we'll hear the complaint, but let's try it out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when the soybean growers initially passed on the marketing loan program right. and rice came in and got it. So uh, I remember some things that some quality moves in farm policy that some groups are late coming to the trough. And I will say this, as apparently effective and as popular as the margin protection program is for the dairy industry, it should be looked at for other commodities. Uh, especially if we're going into renewed inflation uh, yeah. again yes. on the cost side. So uh, we, 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 you know, we're not going to drop this issue. Uh, I'm not. So yeah. maybe we'll have, uh, you know, Dr. Outlaw on from Texas A&M to uh, That'd be great. On, on, on this topic as well. Yeah, that would be great. Um, okay. Oh, on the, on the funding of the farm bill side, Chip, we've said before, what, uh, better, although it's coming at a lot of cost, uh, through the food security and national security in the last year or so that we've seen the importance of agriculture. Uh, that alone should mean uh, adequate investment in farm and food policy. So I wouldn't bow wow and just say, oh, no, the money isn't there. Uh, th this is a time in which you got to put your uh, you know, funding requirements on those priority items, and agriculture is one of them to me. No, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nutrition programs uh, are, are only growing in importance uh, to the urban lawmakers. This, this, uh, it's, it's going to be an, it's an excellent opportunity every time the farm bill comes up for the urban and the rural lawmakers to get together and do something anyway. Well, this time I think it's going to be even uh, a, a better opportunity because there's been, we've been driving the divide. They're going to have to come back together and work, work together. And, and I, whoever is leading the, uh, the Senate and the house, they're going to need support from the other party to get a farm bill done. 
Oh, absolutely. And we've seen the last few farm bills where the uh, SNAP and, and the other food nutrition funding has been a bugaboo. And that's right. why I think if, if, the, if the Republicans do take over the House, G.T. Thompson uh, would likely be the chairman of the House Ag Committee. And he's already told me that that uh, nutrition title will probably be the last one. Uh, you know, you, you know that they settle on in in a new farm bill debate because he knows the history of it. Right. Okay. Anything else from President Biden's Middle East trip that that caught your attention? Well, you know, I, I said on AgriTalk and uh, and some others are saying this. I we he needed a reset on Middle policy. Now I don't know about the fist pumping and all that, but we needed to reset because we, we've dealt with dictators before, Chip. You, sometimes yeah. you have to, uh, especially in the importance Mideast uh, area. So, uh, 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 you know, I'm not going to fault him from, from meeting with them. Uh, so, but if he expected them to announce uh, when he was over there a boost in oil production, you know, I just think that that was a false uh, goal. Yeah. Even if they did reach agreement, they wouldn't announce it. No, no. And then we had over the weekend in Ukraine where the president uh, uh, yanking a lot of his intelligence uh, people uh, because they Zelensky. were Zelensky. Yes, they yeah. were working, you know, you know, you know, with Putin's people. So that caught my uh, eye. And and now we're seeing reports that more than a few tons of Ukrainian grain has been sold onto the market uh, place. So we may by who. Not I, well, who, who do you think? By Russia uh, right. uh, initially. So we've got Russia. That's how their wheat crop is going to be as big as what they say it's going to be. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, Putin going to meet with Turkey, is going to meet with Turkey and Iran this week. So that that's of note. And, you know, all the chatter the last week or so about this agreement, uh, possible a corridor to yeah. uh, to allow the uh, exports of uh, Ukrainian grain, we're going to see if that develops this week right. or next week. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, there was a study released by the Fed. Uh, I, it came either late Friday or over the weekend that that pandemic fiscal support boosted inflation. Uh, <laughs> Surprise, will, there be, surprise. Will, will there be recognition of this from the White House in the many comments that they make about inflation? What do you think? No. Uh, we have on the oil price, we have gone down all the, the price rise chip on the crude oil that has occurred uh, after February 24th when Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, will you see the White House announce that? And you still see prices pretty high, don't you? Mm -hmm. That was what, what came before the Russian invasion of, of, of Ukraine. So, yeah, no, it, it's all what, what they think you ought to hear. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jim, I'm going to set this question up. It's a question from Facebook. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this question up with, with um, uh, this reminder that last week we had Senator Grassley on AgriTalk. I asked him how some of the Supreme Court decisions, specifically Roe versus Wade, has changed his outlook for the um, for the midterm elections. And he very much in a grassly way said, well, it sure raised a lot of money for the Democrats. 
Gary Rasmussen is, has got this question for us. Uh, Jim, last week it sounded to me that Biden is trying to drum up support to federally fund union pensions. Could the rail workers strike be a catalyst for this? Could the Roe decision, funding pensions, and college loan forgiveness be the rallying cry for the Democrats going into no November, and could it work? Well, uh, I think parts of that, I think, is spot on. I think we're going to see a some type of student loan forgiveness, another student loan forgiveness announced uh, uh, probably sometime in September, uh, from what I can gather. Uh, as far as the labor union people, what I think is clearly setting up is uh, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, I don't think they'll come to an agreement even after arbitration, Chip, after this timeline goes through the uh, you know 60 days. Uh, and that's a signal for the Democrat-controlled Senate, Democrat-controlled House uh, to, to legislate an agreement. It's been done before, but this will be pro-union friendly. So okay. in, a, in a way, uh, that's what I see happening. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, on, the, uh, on the reconciliation bill, it's going to be, it's going to be reduced down to a couple of health issues, right? Yeah, the prescription drug, you yeah. know, negotiations for the Medicare, uh, you know, program, and that's been a long Democratic uh, wish on the on their list, uh, and also the pr the expiring provisions of the Affordable Care Act or yeah. Obamacare. Uh, I always thought that that would be part of the reconciliation. What I thought Manchin would do is hold his nose and still go along with some of these uh, energy-related uh, you know, provisions uh, that needed some controversial tax increases. But uh, he put the kibosh on that for now, saying he wanted to see uh, additional uh, inflation information for July uh, out in yep. August. And again, another FOMC meeting uh, coming out, uh, you know, this month and maybe even next month. I, I think they're going to have their next statement on July 27th. Right. Uh, but the Democratic leadership in the White House, they're through from what I can understand of dealing with Manchin on this particular issue. They're going to take the right. two gimmies. They're going to take the prescription, you know, prescription drug, Medicare, yep. negotiating authority, and also the Obamacare provision. Yep. You know, I'm surprised because isn't there bipartisan support for the prescription drugs? There uh, should be legislation. There I, should I be. believe there is. Now there I'm, may I'm not be Medicare. for the extension. Oh, I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> there, there may not be for the extension of the Obamacare. No. Uh, uh, subsidies, but it, they had an opportunity to do something in a bipartisan way with the prescription drug legislation and. They're not going to do it. No. The, the interesting one is going to be this USICA or what we call. The yes, China that's where I wanted to go next. Bill. I think we're going to see Schumer, who's the majority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer from New York, is setting up a closure vote for tomorrow. Uh, and without getting through arcane stuff, it looks like that would signal a vote on that bill, not this week, but 
next week, and uh, I think it's going to happen. It's what other provisions they add to it, Chip, but there's at least $52 billion in there, and a lot of lawmakers from both political parties are wanting to attach their favorite amendments onto that must-have bill, but it, it looks like it's coming. Okay. And there's, is, why, is, there's bipartisan support for that as well. Okay. Is one of the bills that might get attached to that the Cattle Market Price Discovery and Transparency that, Act? That's a possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a possibility. Uh, so we'll have to see. But I think it's going to need a must-pass bill to, you know, to uh, you know, carry on that controversial language. Yep. Okay. Farm bill hearings coming up this week. House Ag Committee Subcommittee on General Farm Commodities and Risk Management. That one's happening on Wednesday. Uh, the title of it, a 2022 review of the Farm Bill, Stakeholder Perspective on Title 11 Crop Insurance. We need to pay attention to this. Uh, absolutely. There's there's always amendments. You always worry about crop insurance, not the support. There's bipartisan support because reason, it's the best foreign policy risk management tool, bar none. Uh, but you always have the naysayers out there because they like to pick the low-hanging fruit, and that'll happen again. But I, I fully expect widespread uh, so support at, at, the, at the hearing, Chip. Uh, it, but it, it's, it's later rather than sooner on how that program could be changed via uh, amendments on reconciliation bills or, or, or whatever. But it's a program that works. So, and it, it works because uh, RMA, you know, Risk Management Agency, working with the private industry, uh, continue to tweak it when they should. So it's a living type of a program that's not entrenched like the farm bill is you get it done once every four to five years and then it's in like concrete and that's why i like the crop insurance far more than the right. uh, underlying farm bill right okay jim i want to back up to that reconciliation bill because one of the things that is coming out of it is the is the climate legislation but it sounds like president biden is growing more and more willing to use his executive powers to push through some of some of the things on his wish list. Yes, and he said that. Uh, now here we go. They're going to yeah. now. What are the limits of that relative to recent Supreme Court actions? Yeah. There, there's the, the you know the uh, the dilemma, and then a word broke over the weekend that uh, both John Kerry and other climate-oriented officials in the Biden administration are wanting to uh, retire their their positions uh, right. by uh, perhaps by the end of this calendar year. So, uh, you know, you, you know, that's another Granholm uh, as well. Development. Yeah. Sorry. Granholm. Yes. As well. Right. Energy department. Uh, the, the climate person. Uh, she used to be at at. Uh, well, she's always been at EPA, it seems like. I can't think <laughs> the lady from Boston. Yes. I should know her name. I'll, Gina I'll McCarthy. Gina McCarthy. It's her and Carrie. You yeah, know, okay. Primarily. Okay, very good. Uh, what is this effort to clarify the role of the vice president in the electoral college? So we don't have the shenanigans that we had at the end of the last one. Okay. Uh, so it would basically say it's primarily ceremonial and there's bipartisan support for that. I think you'll see it. Why 
why, Jim, is are the January 6th hearings um, it's a, a big enough deal for the networks to interrupt their regular, regularly scheduled coverage and to put the, the hearings on network TV live and nobody, maybe it's just the people that I hang out with, but nobody's talking about them. It's the world we live in today, especially in the U.S., where they're, where they're picking their spots. They're cherry-picking uh, topics, Jeff, period. Yeah. yeah. No Although, doubt. you know, I did, I will admit, I, I watched uh, most of last week, I taped all the network news, CBS, NBC, and ABC. You talk that uh, a glutton for punishment, having to watch them. But, you know, <laughs> I will say that they, they've gone uh, primarily back, uh, primarily, not totally, to uh, straight news. So that, that, that you, know, I, uh, you know, that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, uh, straight news again. Hmm. I, I, uh, I've got a favorite of the network news that I watch. I went away from watching it for some time. And now for me, five 30 every afternoon, it's must see. I've, I've got to watch the network news now. Yes. Huh? Because, because it's, it, it has, it, it's gotten much, much better. Yes. You know, and there on this other on the very sensitive issue, all you Trump people don't email me. Uh, there was a report issued last week, lost, not stolen, by all Republican writers and some esteemed one, uh, looking into the allegations of the stolen election. And uh, to a person, they said it was not the election yeah. was lost. So uh, just give it a fair treatment. Go on the yep. internet; it's free. You can yep. read it, but I think that they did some good, some good research, and I hope everyone reads that report. Okay, uh, I'm coming back to the reconciliation bill again because of something else that they took out of it, and that was the increase in taxes. And it's because you mentioned it earlier that that uh, uh, Mansion doesn't want to stay away from raising taxes at least for the moment. But Jim, based on that analysis by the Joint Committee on Taxation, there. The plan that is is being considered is a real burden on all taxpayers. Yes, and it would have it would have increased uh, taxes on those making under four hundred thousand. Yeah, even though Biden and the White House kept on saying it would not. This is a bipartisan joint tax committee uh, analysis. Right, right. Okay. Uh, the last thing that I've got is, and you talked about it earlier, uh, but it was the USDA appropriations bill. It, we, we're figuring out spending, right? Well, the House is going to act on USDA on a minibus on, on six bills this week. It's gone nowhere because the Senate hasn't even started their work on any appropriation bills. A humbug to them uh, on that one, uh, Jeff. So... What I just told you is that this is all going to be handled in a major omnibus uh, yeah. either, you know, sometime this year. So okay. it's just 
again, there were, they don't know uh, the total line number of how much they can spend, et cetera. So it's the same budget uh, news. We are going to see action this week on the tariffs on fertilizer, chip, Russia and other countries. So that announcement should come out today. What's expected on that? Well, the, the status quo, probably the ITA. So, but it's something to watch. It is something to watch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this last week, the the attention being paid to the um, to tariffs on fertilizer, I think, was ratcheted up again. I think some of the commodity groups are paying are are, are contributing to that by by paying more attention to it with some of their their conversation starters and and so on. So. Well, the, it, the, uh, the, the, the sensitive thing on this one is the evidence clearly shows that these Russia and other countries were dumping. So do you, do you take the, the sensitivity side of the fertilizer prices and disregard the dumping aspect? So this, that's called a dilemma. What do you do? Well, okay. I understand that evidence. I, I do. But I also understand why Trinidad and Tobago and Russia was selling product into the U.S., even though the U.S. landing price was cheaper than other parts of the world. Yeah. The reason they're doing it is because they knew they would get paid. You send that, that product into Brazil, you might not get paid, at least not now. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and it's a question of, of uh, total supply. What if what if enough product had already moved in some of these other countries and the U.S. just waited long enough that the price was starting to fall back because there wasn't as much demand around the world? The, these studies are all very dicey to me. Yeah. Well, if they Leave go the way the government usually goes when they get into a hard-to-solve problem, they'll say they have to study it some more. <laughs> that's right that's right infrastructure bill implementation the house and transportation and infrastructure committee has got a meeting on a hearing on that tomorrow they're not going to see a whole lot of progress on that yet are they jim no but budet edge the transportation secretary tomorrow i think is going to detail the implementation moves to date so that will be something to watch and listen to jeff right because there's lots of money in there and at the rural state level i keep on saying how is this going to be implemented follow the, that funding yeah yeah regenerative agriculture house oversight and reform subcommittee on environment uh, subcommittee on environment subcommittee uh, it, this regenerative ag the push for organic issues and and so on i've got nothing to get it against it there is a market for it but if you want evidence of what it's like to take a whole country's agricultural industry organic take a look at sri lanka yeah doesn't work no. Uh, you run out of things in a hurry, including money, because you're importing so much more food than what you have in the past. We'll see what some of the clear conclusions are after the hearing this week, Jeff. Absolutely. Back. All right. Anything last second here to throw in, Jim? No, other than we are definitely putting premiums back into the market for yeah. both U.S. and European weather. I mean, if you think it's hot where you are and it's going to be hot, it's hotter in most locations in Europe. 
Yeah, that's right. And when you take a look at the six to ten day forecast, it's got heat over the entire country. Yeah. Now, um, where, where's the where are we at on the pollination cycle? Aren't we nearing? We're just starting to shoot tassels here in northeast Iowa. Just starting. So the next ten days, those that are just starting are going to be pollinating. Yeah. And uh, I would guess that over this next week's time, we're going to go from. 5% tasseled to 80% tasseled. Wow. Uh, right in the gut slot of these high temps. That's and, right. And, you know, Merrill Oster, founder of Pro Farmer, along with Jerry Carlson, yeah. taught us many years ago the nighttime temps are also important. Oh, yeah. For the crop to breathe. Yep. Once you get past pollination, you've got to cool things off at night if that crop's going to do what it does best, and that is capture sunlight and turn it into something that we can use. Yes. All right. Uh, the the corn market, the soybean market, did hold on to the overnight gains and are actually adding to it as we get the day trade started. So we've got corn futures up 14 to 15 cents. We've got soybean futures up 36 to 42 cents. That's, that's, so, that's the premium. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Uh, today on AgriTalk, Machine Repeat, and we're going to get the latest on the transportation issues from Jim's buddy, Ken Erickson at IHS Market and SP Global Platts. And we're go going to learn about the Dial Ventures from Purdue University's Alan Gray. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals. <laughs> Thank you.